Hey everyone, this is Katie, and I just want to say thank you so much for listening. The amount of support that we've gotten so far has been awesome. It's so heartwarming to hear all of your comments about the show. Please keep them coming. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Adult Out. Email us any questions, comments, suggestions for future episodes at outtoadult at gmail.com. And keep listening. Make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends about us. Share us with your family. Anybody who listens to podcasts, we want to get our message out there because I think we have a, a lot of good topics that we cover that can actually help you improve your life. And even if they can't, you can at least laugh at us and laugh along with us. Okay, that being said, this episode does come with a trigger warning. We do talk about domestic violence and what to do when you find yourself in perhaps a situation where there are a lot of red flags in a relationship. So I want to get that out there. There is a trigger warning. This first part, however, is pretty funny and does not deal with any amount of violence. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoy the show. I am talking today to Ashley, and we are going to find out a fun story from her past of how her life <laughs> may or may not have ended up in a sitcom. <laughs> Okay, so this story takes place in 2013 um, and unfolds over the period from, like, February to July, just to give, like, an idea of the scale of time that this happens okay. during. So at the time, I always wore, like, ankle socks, like, printed ankle socks. Sexy. <laughs> um, in, like, a variety of patterns. And on, like, the rare occasion that I couldn't find... A pair, like right before laundry day, I would grab two non-matching ones and just like put them on and like call it a day. Cause not like, uncommon. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm dating my ex at the time, and hold on. At the time, she was your ex. No, at the time, she was my girlfriend. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So, like, slowly, I'm having more and more trouble matching my socks. I'll go to start, like, putting them on, and, like, I can't find matches more and more often. And so, like, and it's slowly accelerating. Like, first it's happening, like, once a week, and then by July, I can find no matches. Meanwhile, my ex, my girlfriend at the time, decides that this is like a huge problem and she needs to start <laughs> lecturing me on all of the reasons why this is symptomatic of <laughs> or yeah symptomatic 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 of like bigger problems and how like they're two fundamentally different people in the world those that match their socks and those that don't and <laughs> and like how like the fact that I can't match my socks is like proof that we can never be together and <laughs> that is some that's some logic folks. and i'm like but like i don't know what's happening my i, I want to match my socks and i just can't like i don't know what's happening question did you ever think to buy a big pack of the same socks so that you'd have a higher likelihood of finding a pair i did during this time buy more socks not in a huge pack but i did replenish the socks and still had the same problem but how many different kinds of socks did you have that you were finding like having such a hard time trying to get a pair 
I had maybe like 15 pairs of socks. That's like still how many socks I have. Okay. So. Um, okay. So. So you have 30 renegade <laughs> socks wandering around your apartment. Right. Or slash Southern California yes. somewhere. Yes. So my okay. socks never match. I'm getting lectured about it frequently. And things <laughs> unbelievably start to go south in this relationship. I cannot believe why. Um, so, like, the relationship is, like, basically over, but we're still, like, trying to, like, figure out if we can work it out. And I'm over at her house, and she had all of these, like, trays of rocks on her dresser, <laughs> as one does. And she was over there. Rocks. Yes. Were they, like polished fancy no gemstones like, like a like a tray of like 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 the rocks <laughs> like the rocks that you would put in the bottom of an aquarium but she didn't have a fish great i love her <laughs> okay sounds like a hoot um okay. sounds like she's really got her life together so, so she was over at her dresser doing something are there two types of people in life those who have a fish in their aquarium and those who only have rocks? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so she's over at her dresser and she knocks one of these trays of rocks over. And, of course, like every single drawer of the dresser is open <laughs> to different degrees. So the rocks are like spilling into the dresser. Oh and she just stops and stares at it. And I'm like, I'm going to prevent what i know is going to happen if she keeps staring at these rocks so like i get up and i'm like don't worry about it i will like i will clean this up and so she goes back over to her bed and then i'm by the dresser so i start scooping all of these like stupid blue rocks like out of all of her drawers like one by one and i get to the bottom drawer and i open it and inside that bottom drawer is a stack of one of each of my socks <laughs> what a bitch and i'm like <laughs> i'm like um why are my socks in here and she's like i don't know what you're talking about and like i pulled them out and i'm like these are my socks and she's like if you say so and i'm like but how did they get in your drawer and she's like i don't know and then i was like well i'm gonna take them back and she was like i don't care <laughs> so i just like put them in my bag um that was one of the last times that we ever hung out but listen, not the last though. Not the last. That sounds like um, a story in and of itself. Yeah. So, okay. So, like for years after this happened, I tell the story at bars because people find it very amusing. And then a couple years later, there's an episode on my crazy ex girlfriend. <laughs> and in the episode, she has a stalker and. She goes to his storage unit and she finds a stack of one of each of her socks. <laughs> and she mentions how, like, for months she's had to be wearing mismatched socks. <laughs> and, like, I just have to wonder, like, is this a frequent thing that people do to, like, psychologically torture their partners? Or, like, did someone overhear me telling the story in an L.A. bar and wrote it into yeah. their script. That's how an intern <laughs> got a promotion, is they were like, actually, guys, genius idea that I've thought of out of nowhere. That yeah. is awesome. so that's, that's the story of how my life may or may not have influenced a sitcom. <laughs> and if you want to get into a sitcom, I'm hearing that you should just go to an L.A. bar and tell a story a lot of times really loudly. Yes, absolutely. I like that approach. <laughs> oh, my God. 
<laughs> That's awesome. And that girl has problems. <laughs> She's scary. She's scary. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. Better luck to all of you out there. Have fun keeping up those matching socks. Please don't keep a tray of fish rocks on your dresser, guys. That's weird. That's so... Okay. <laughs> I've got questions. I have got questions. All right. It's the gayest part of your day. Sit back and grab a shot day. Let's take our shots and uh, get lubricated. Let's do that. What are we taking a shot of? We are taking a shot of Camarina tequila. Mm, Camarina, the smoothest tequila this side of Wisconsin. Wisconsin. (laughs) Yeah. Salud. Oh, this breaks my uh, whole, I'm not drinking thing. That's, yeah, sober January. What is it? No drink January? I was just doing a whole not drinking thing because I got out of the hospital from the kidney stone stuff. So then I just kept it going. And then I met some gay guy who's an alcoholic. And I was like, I'm going to not drink for fun. So yeah, but whatever. This breaks your streak. Yeah, I'm all about it. I mean, at least it's good tequila. Mm -hmm. And it's not like at the bar with some fucking cheap shot of... Well, so Jeffrey and Robert were both exes of mine. Yeah. And are they still and both (laughs) and both alcoholics? Look at us. What is up with us and the love for alcoholics? So there's no love for (laughs) zero. Okay. Clearly, I'm not healed yet. (laughs) When I was. Let's talk about that. Before Jehovah made me go into the light to be born. He stuck a little fucking alcoholic magnet in me. And that's what happens. Mm. So this Does it look like a little baby whiskey bottle? Um, no, because I don't like whiskey. Mm. Does it matter what you like? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It does not. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, man. Fuck. Okay. Robert and Patrick. Wait, Robert and James? Robert and Jeffrey? Jeff. Ooh. Jeffrey yeah. and Robert. Jeffrey All these them. boys' names. Yeah. They're so hard to keep straight. It doesn't matter. Boy, <laughs> one, boy one, boy two. How many cars have you had in the last five years? Talk to my ex. How many cars have you gone through? Four? Disclaimer, it had nothing to do with me, and I have a she perfect the, driving record. She got, like, four new cars because she got in four wrecks. Oh, no. No, because I was with an alcoholic ex who wrecked all my cars. Whose fault is that? Mine. Yeah. All mine. Honestly, you guys, don't make fucking excuses <laughs> <laughs> for getting into shit relationships with shit people. Fucking own your shit. Pay attention to the red flags and listen to that little voice inside of you. Oh my God, I can't stand you. You love it. No, she's like, like she's so above it. I I, am now. You guys, you have to really consider that... Your, that relationship might not be the right one for you, and if it's and that's not, you, okay you because we all leave. can just learn from each yeah. other. Fuck you guys! But Every experience is one to grow from. Let's rewind and find out how many times they broke up and got back together. Like fifty. Oh. Like fifty. That is also an inherently lesbian trait. Yeah. Oh, and also fucking called domestic violence. Yeah, well, that happened multiple times. Wait, and then you kept going back? Mm. Okay, you guys. No, listen. <laughs> Battered wife syndrome. Mm. 
it's a thing. It is it's a, a thing. Fucking but thing. It's in a the thing. lesbian gay world, also. Folks. It's okay. in everything. So it's just super annoying to hear it because she's like, you have to listen to the little voice inside you. Well, guess what? I was not the little voice inside you. I was the loud voice outside of you, and like everybody listens to me. But it's like with any addiction, right? Yep. You it to it. You have to be ready. It's with any addiction, and I firmly believe that I was. She addicted. had to find some other pussy. I did. <laughs> <laughs> And how's that going for you? Yeah, just keep it real. Uh, I mean, you know. <laughs> You're going somewhere tonight. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was just saying that, like, I think that we suppress red flags. I think as humans, we're very, like, um, what is the word I'm thinking of? Intuitive. Like, thank you. Mm-hmm. Intuitive. But we suppress that when we want something to fit, right? Can I just say something real quick? Yeah. So when you're wearing rose-colored glasses... All the red flags just look like regular ones. That is deep. Damn. Boom. I stole it from Bojack Horseman. I don't know who that is. It's a cartoon on Netflix. Oh. <laughs> Cartoons are deep now. They. He yes. will be here soon. Aww. Oh, calm down. Je- we- and don't you bitches be stupid. Oh, I almost called I him hate Jeffrey that again. shit. What's his name again? Alex. Alex. No. It's not Patrick. No, Patrick's the old one. Oh, no, that's Jeffrey. (laughs) I thought, let's call him James. Hmm? Alejandro. Mm. Ale Alejandro. Oh, there's a song about him. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) when you say don't act dumb, what do you mean by that? Oh. That. Oh, no, I don't. No, I think just straight girls Like, I have to keep things under wraps with my friends if, like, there's potential interest in my life. Because every time... Every fucking time I say anything, everybody's like, oh, is this him? Oh, oh, oh. It's fucking irritating. Who does that? Everybody. Let's not hang out no, with them anymore. I don't, I don't like that. Bye, Tasia. <laughs> I don't fucking do that. I could literally give. You guys both literally just did it <laughs> one not minute here ago. <laughs> did we? Yeah, we did. I said, he's almost here. Oh. Wait, I gave you a. What's the opposite of a pep talk before your first date? Before your first non-date? When last night? Or no? No, that, at a, the yeah, escape room. The step room. The, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to an escape room yeah. like a week or two ago. Whatever. Yeah, that was another um, first. Yeah, that was date. Yeah, one. and so that was Tony's first date night, and the people he rode to the escape room with were like, "Oh my gosh, this is such a big deal. This is so yeah. huge. What are you gonna Veronica. wear? Where are you gonna go? What are yeah. you gonna do?" And he gets there and he tells, and I don't know anything about this. And he tells me like, oh yeah, I'm meeting him tonight. And I was like, oh sweet. I was like, and no big deal. You're just going there to see if you like him. And he's like, oh, thank you. Like, no, it's not a date. The first time you meet them is not a date. Mm -hmm. There's no pressure. Okay. Fuck you guys. No. Because I think that the whole purpose of dating is exactly that. To determine whether or not you like a person. Yes. That is the whole point of dating. So when you go on, so it is a date. A date is like, I am, I am setting a date to determine if this, I'm okay, going to pursue. Okay, you're being pers- a little too literal. Pursue. I'm so, sending hey. a calendar I mean, invite. That's, that's where the con- <laughs> the title comes from is like, oh, we're setting a date to meet. But okay, like the I concept didn't... of it being a date, like what Katie said to me was very helpful in the for the fact that like you've never met this person. The way that social media works now, like you're connecting before you connect mm-hmm. in person. And so when she was like, it's not a date, you're just meeting this person to figure out if you like them. 
that's true. Like, I don't know who the fuck this person is. There's a TV show on Netflix called The Circle that really takes this whole concept and like goes with it because you have all these interactions online and you don't really know if you like the person because mm -hmm. you like what you're engaging on technology and what they're conveying over like text and stuff like and that. And you can but when be you, a completely different person yeah. through texting and writing than in person. So catfish. You can convey anything you want via text or you may be trying to convey something but it's being received differently. I can do that in person. I can literally convince you. You can't, you're yeah. transparent. <laughs> I mean, I am personally. She's like, I can do, I can be whatever I want to be in person, except for, yeah, no, I can't. But we, as in general, in person can manipulate people in person also. It doesn't require. Definitely. But it's easier over yes. technology and, and texting. I, and my point with the, the first meeting is not a date is I am like, okay, we met on a dating app. Right. Great. I've met a lot of friends through dating apps. So my first meeting with you, I'm meeting you just to decide if I can even tolerate Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Good point. Before I put on the, okay, now I'm liking you, now I'm gonna flirt with you, now I'm gonna buy your coffee, whatever. Like, yeah. no, we're gonna just go to coffee and drinks and I'll probably pay. Oh my oh, God, you're I'm such a chivalrous woman. Oh, thank Are you. you. Gonna pay for me? Yeah, pay I'll buy your pizza next time. Okay, Yeah. $80. 80? Was it $80? 80 something. No, it was not. That, yes, it was. No, it How? was not. How? What did we get? Gold laden pizza? <laughs> I don't know. Not. I just didn't really care and I just ordered it. It was $80. No. Yeah. No fucking way. Okay. You, there's a receipt right there on the thing. I see it. Go it's get next it. to the tequila bottle. Go get it. Like, why am I going to lie? 80 for fucking. And $80 and the pizza guy took a slice. Yeah, he did. Oh my God. Yeah, it's round table. What? What? Okay, everyone, here are the details. <laughs> <laughs> We've got one, create your own large original crust creamy garlic sauce chicken and garlic gourmet pizza. Amount, hold your breath, East Coast, $28.49. For the first large. For one large pizza. That's for the creamy chicken. A large cheese pizza in Massachusetts costs eight twenty seven. I mean, they totally fucked me on the price because the bacon one with the stuffed crust was supposed to be nineteen ninety nine, and when I checked out, it didn't say nineteen ninety nine. So I was like, whatever. But you guys were talking like it says twenty one ninety nine, and Tony's rich; he can afford it anytime. I mean, I'm not no, rich. I nobody just have low can, overhead. This is <laughs> what place? If, they don't even have their company name you on their ad on their receipt. We can't say it. Out loud. It rhymes Road. Mound Abel. <laughs> mound Table. Hound no, wait, mound Mabel. Mound Mabel. Sound Rabel. Sound Rebel. <laughs> Can we not say brand names? I don't know. Who knows? We don't have any kind of sponsors at all. We get, you know, you get on Patreon. What is it? Patreon. Yeah. And then people pay to listen to you talk. And then you go. Ding, and then it's and a if you're willing to submit one dollar, you'll get an a left nipple pick from Tasia, <laughs> the very same nipple that was sucked upon by her second date Stephanie. Back to the red flags that we're seeing. Oh yeah. Mm. So I agree with you that you can't. It's like an addict. Like if you're in a dangerous relationship of any kind. 
or even unhealthy. It doesn't have to be flat out dangerous. And you can't see the red flags. Well, a lot of times our friends can see the red flags first, or a lot of times we see them, but we're not strong enough to walk away or stand up to them, whatever. So the question is, all of us have been in various different kinds of relationships where we can see red flags and we all know that you have to be ready to do something about it before you can step away from that relationship. So what are some steps you can take once you start realizing like, okay, yes, that's a red flag, but how do you prepare yourself to get strong enough to do something about those red flags? Break up with them. Well, no, I think you, you need to be. <laughs> Step one. You know yeah. you're not in love with him. Break up with him. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you should already be in that like headspace. Okay, but we're to- not in the headspace. What are you steps? No, you no, no. Taking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's say that yeah. you're completely broken and you get into a relationship I mean, that you should let's, not broken. Let's say we're 22 years old okay. and we're crying out front of a club That's at 3 right a.m. because our girlfriend was just making out with someone else, but we're in love and this is going to work. How do we go from a broken little child to start taking healthy adult steps? So I, but I think that that's all part of the process. Like, I don't know that you can escape that. But I mean, you're 22, you think you know everything and you're like, I love them. Oh my gosh, we're going to be married forever. And then, you know, you realize that's, that's harsh reality. Like, no, you don't. 22, no, you don't. 32. How do you take a step back and look at the overall what is happening instead of trying to be just in the moment with blinders on? I don't know that you on? can, honestly. No, you can't. No. Like, that's why, that's what friends are for. Or you want it well, to work you, so you bad. You justify it, right? Yeah, so, like, you that. you find ways to, like... Be insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, and, like, make excuses for people's behavior, mm-hmm. and then you adjust your own beliefs and your own... He didn't mean to hit me. Yeah. <laughs> I made him mad. And I've been there. Well, yeah. I understand her mental state. Yeah, what am I doing wrong? Why doesn't he love me? But that's going a little bit further into like domestic violence type of stuff. No, but that's a prime situation. Like, you know, I mean, raise your hand. Have you ever been hit by a partner? Mm-hmm. Everybody, right? Jesus, yeah. For the record, everybody's hand went up. And there's four people in here. That's a 100% sample rate. I think it's more predominant in same-sex relationships, actually, statistically. Is that true? You're here. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Patrick. He just arrived, and his uh, specialty is pizza and domestic violence. (laughs) (laughs) I've just heard that before. I actually have never actually looked into it. I think it's true. That statistically, there's more domestic violence in same-sex relationships. Really? And I think, too, because you think about it, you're like, if, like, me and a guy get into a fight... Mm -hmm. It's almost justifiable because we're both guys. You're yep. equals. Yeah. You know, and you you kind of grow up thinking, oh, boys fight. Mm-hmm. Toxic Males. masculinity. Well, Definitely. I think it's the same for, for women. Well, I mean, the truth is, so like, you know, working in the clinic, we've had uh, many of like situations where people are running from domestic violence situations. And there's plenty of resources for women escaping a domestic violence situation. But there's a lot of limited resources for, I mean, they're coming now, but like a few years ago, there was nothing for like gays in domestic violence situations. They had nowhere to go because you can't put a gay in with the women in uh, in housing or shelters. Like it has to be all separate based on gender and whatever. And as a society, we're not thinking that men are ever victims. Right. We just assume that, oh, these boys are fighting. Just like what he said. Yeah. Like it's boys. It's okay. Interesting. Boys will be boys. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. I mean? You know, that's so interesting because, I mean, I would have to say like a huge percentage, if I were to put a number on it, a good 90% of. That's not the, an accurate number. Why not? <laughs> Just saying because you don't have any statistics. 
Um, <laughs> a solid, literally 90%. <laughs> I definitely know women who have been beaten. I don't know any gay women who have been in ongoing domestic abuse relationships. Um, <laughs> Except for Tasia. You, you do have now. Have I mean, she's out of it. Well, great. But um, the like one-offs getting into a fight, like I'm going to throw you against the wall. But then it's like, oh my God, what the hell did I just do? And as women, we're just taught like girls don't fight. Nope. You have to behave. You have to behave. You have to behave. And so I think for it to get to a point where women are hitting each other, something is very wrong point. So they deserved it. That's not funny, Tasia. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, So you're saying I deserve to be beat. I mean, if you stay. (laughs) Oh, no. No, no, no. Good Lord. Nobody deserves to be beat. It's okay for Tasia to make the joke, but not me. Because I'm a man. Yep. That's toxic femininity. That's a thing. That is now. (laughs) Hashtag. (laughs) If you're standing with me, hashtag it right now. Toxic femininity. Um, you know what kind of annoys me is the fact that like domestic violence is automatically attached to like couples and like domestic doesn't necessarily mean that you're in a romantic relationship with somebody mm-hmm. like I've been beaten up. I don't even know how many times growing up by my brothers and they're like, oh, sibling rivalry. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. No, like that. They busted my lip. They ran my face into a wall. They stabbed me in the ass with a pair of scissors. Oh, my God. Like I've been through a lot of shit. And like that's domestic violence. Yep. Nobody's saving me. Mm. But I'm so strong because of it. But inside it hurts. (laughs) It probably hurt outside too. I mean, yeah. God, we could go on for hours about domestic violence around here and what people get away with. Yeah. We should make that another episode. Let's make that a whole other episode because I know multiple people who have been victims of domestic violence violence by parents, significant others. Everybody you know is probably like a victim or a perpetrator. Look at mm, where the black ladies at. Uh-huh. Can I get a I hallelujah? The, like you were talking about with the red flags thing, you know, you start to rationalize it when you're in that situation yeah. too. So that's why it does become ongoing and stuff like that. You know, and that's why sometimes too you don't hear about it as much because people actually justify it to themselves mm-hmm. when they're in that situation, which is so weird. I think like because I had like I grew up with an abusive mother who stemmed from you know she had a lot of mental health stuff mm-hmm. and I grew up you know with my own struggles and my own mental health things your own abusive traits I mean I grew up with like a very high level of trauma and so, of course, like in my like in the midst of me like facing all of my trauma, I meet somebody who's very similar in terms of like her background, mm-hmm. right? And so it was really easy to justify the 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 violence that I was enduring during that relationship emotionally, physically, uh, mentally, it's verbal. Yeah. Because, well, not only that, because it's what I'm used to, and I crave chaos, right, at that time, but also because it was. Well, yeah, because fuck that now. Like, I yeah. I would not fuck. Like, the second I see it, I'm like, I'm fuck you, I'm out. Yeah. But, like, at the time, it was so easy to justify it because I was like, she's broken like me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I get it. Yeah. You're just sad. This the is, save this you has, complex. This has nothing yeah. to do with me. Yeah. You love me. Yeah. You're just sad. 
And it was like at that. And then it was like, no, it doesn't fucking like, yeah, that can be true. And also what can be true is fuck you. Like I'm yeah. done. Like yeah. I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not so going to make excuses. How for did anyone. you get to that point though? Because like, essentially that's what Katie asked earlier is like, what steps did you take to get to the point where you recognize these flags and you were able to, you know, I honestly had to fake it until I became it. It was the hardest thing that I've ever had to do. Like I wasn't ready when I left and I had, it actually took me, uh, I think because I'm a mother, mm -hmm. it, like I would have probably honestly, and this, I fucking hate to say it, but I'd probably still be in it if I didn't have a kid who witnessed me get punched in the face. I kind of feel like the fact that you had a kid is another reason that you kept going back. For the stability well, and that the, and like you had introduced her into in your quotes. family, right? And so Peyton's like, oh, it's um, or whatever the fuck you called her. Don't, we're not going to fucking say anybody's name. <laughs> okay. She's local, guys. <laughs> Let's edit that out. It's literally not her name. It is not me, And mom. nobody knows her by that name except for Peyton. And everybody else in Sacramento. Oh, really? Because I'm popular. <laughs> popular. <laughs> Back to the red flag so we can circle this up. Red flag is fisting. Oh, tell us your fisting story. Yeah. You. Yes, Tasia. Oh. I mean, I can't. I can the tell. The girl who? Oh, the. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the girl who got donkey punched. Yeah. So a friend of mine. So uh, it was so weird. This is years ago also when like, I think um, maybe the internet wasn't as accessible. That's what you said last time. Like, but there was no cell phones. <laughs> like eight years ago. No, cell phone, was, well, I was just going to say, cell phones only came into play like eight years ago. Then yeah. it was like partway through our 20s. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I was, I think I was 17 That's not when accurate. I got my first cell phone. Yeah. Cell phones came into play when I was I had 20. a Nokia when okay. I was seven. I'm almost 40. Ew. And cell phones. <laughs> so I'm 39. And I had a cell phone when I worked at Target which was when I was 19. But you couldn't like just readily Google things and see what was yeah, on the it was internet. Google wasn't real until 2001. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So you had Snake on your phone. What the fuck is Snake? The game. The game. Oh. Snake would get super long and you yeah. eventually The die. only game you could play on a Blackberry? <laughs> okay, so your friend. Okay. So this was like prior, you know, I, I think that porn was probably a little bit more scarce. before porn <laughs> and cell phones. <laughs> My friend invented fisting. It's really, really old no, story. No, she clearly, no, she fucking invented the opposite. So she, she invented so, the donkey punch. <laughs> yeah, so she and this person are getting hot and heavy and they're, you know, doing the deed and all the things and it's getting a little bit kinky and so the partner says in the midst of all of it i want you to fist me and i think in like a sheer moment of panic my friend didn't know what the fuck she meant but like how do you stop in the middle of things being hot and heavy and like ask for clarification i personally would especially you if somebody stop says, and you ask for like, clarification what the fuck does that mean but she didn't nope instead what she did is fucking punched the fuck out of her vagina and and the sound effect was a little something like this <laughs> and so and so of course the partner's like did you seriously just fucking punch me so i have a question yeah uh vaginas right so like there's this whole thing like vaginas are super sensitive da, da, da. if you get kicked in the vagina it doesn't Oh, it hurts. But does it? It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. It's like, we're not going to like lay on the cr floor and cry about it. 
Okay, because if I get kicked in the balls, I'm going to lay on the floor and cry about it. <laughs> well, right. Like so, a lot. You feel no, it like you, in your stomach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you you can't. It depends. Yeah. It depends. Well, because your friend just got her vagina punched, and she was like, why did you punch me? Yeah. So I, <laughs> Whereas if I'm getting punched in my ball sack, I won't be able to talk. the source, though. Yeah. She wanted okay. to get fisted. You know, like. So she was prepared for it, okay? <laughs> my So, like, growing up. She my, wasn't prepared for the punch. She <laughs> wasn't. But I will say, like, my mother fucking kicked me with a fucking pointy-toed boot oh. right in, and it fucking caught right in, like, my vagina. And, like, it, like, right in my fucking. Okay, but that's going to hurt. That hurt. Wherever you get kicked. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> like, I feel like, you know. Yeah. So no. So she was fisted, and um, that's not fisting either. <laughs> she was she donkey punched. punched. She was domestic violence. <laughs> she was domestic. She was like, "Did you fucking punch me?" And she was like, "I didn't know what to say. Like, I was so like, I was just frantic." And what I was, was her like, name? No, Stephanie. no. <laughs> <laughs> fucking she, Stephanie. She fucking Stephanie gets into all the things. Um, yeah, she was super apologetic. She's like, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't fucking. So, of course, like, I get the fucking, like, I'm pretty. I want to say she called and was like, Tej, I fucked up. Like, I fucked up. I punched her. I fucking punched her. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, next time you got to ask, buddy. <laughs> you got to ask. You got to ask. And it is always okay to say time out. What do you mean? Yeah. Like, can we have a safe word? Also, like, consent. Is it okay if I do this? Is it okay, is it okay if, if I, I donkey punch you? Um, I think consent, I know, no, this is probably going to be controversial, but whatever. It goes out the window just for the simple fact that she was like, I want you to fist me. And she assumed she knew what that was. Sure. Sure. So, oh, she definitely didn't assume. She guessed. She <laughs> <laughs> took, took a shot in the dark that this girl knows I mean, what like, fisting me. I'm not going to falter for it. Until she says scissoring next time, and her next new little lesbian fucking stabs her in the neck. (laughs) I told you it's a thing. Okay, red flags, real quick. We'll try and wrap it up within like five minutes here. Red flags. And so we're aware of them, and I think throughout a relationship, we gradually become more aware of them. So how do you make yourself strong enough to say this is enough before you hit rock bottom? Like, are there steps that individuals can take before it gets so far gone that you have no choice but to step away? Experience, relying on your your network, your, re, your resources, friends your friends. And like, actually being brave enough to tell your friends. Yeah. You do see a red flag because a lot of times you don't want to, you don't want to be like, oh, so-and-so, you know. Beat me up. Screams that, you know, his mom you know, constantly and calls her a bitch, you know, yeah. like you don't want to say that yeah. because your friends are going to be like, uh. how, how do you know how I treat my mother? <laughs> Hold on yeah, though. That in itself, not wanting to tell your friend something that is a red flag. Oh, and absolutely. maybe we should pay attention to that because yeah. I don't think we think of that as a red flag. No, I no, no right. I think that I think we're missing something here because I think that like we're all aware when the red flag occurs Mm -hmm. i think it's what we do about it and how we respond to it Mm -hmm. i don't think that's true i do because i think that we all are like this like more often than not we recognize when something doesn't feel right i think that we have an innate like okay something like this something doesn't feel good this isn't making me happy um but it's enough or i'm gonna justify it like we we're we're fucking living in it we're happy 80 percent of the time so maybe the 20 percent of this time yeah it's bad it's really bad and i think it's like really about how we acknowledge the reality 
and then like fucking do something about it because we but make the too capacity many to acknowledge that may not be present earlier when she was talking about like being in your early 20s and being in a relationship where you know there's all these red flags and you don't see them because you don't know any better mm -hmm. nowadays like we're all in our mid-30s no but you do see them because you're crying outside the club because your fucking partner's making out with somebody else that is an obvious if i were to ask that person is that right or wrong they would say this is wrong going back to what i said when you're wearing rose-colored glasses you don't see red flags. They're all red flags. They're all just the same. So like you don't know any better because you're all smitten over this motherfucker. Mm -hmm. And so like I think it's a difference between being in an ignorant state in your life and then being in a learned state in your life. Because right now, if you were to get in a relationship with somebody and they hit you, like I would hit you if you stayed. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wouldn't really, but you know. But then also, like she said, like it's the experience. And mm -hmm. also now, as soon as you see any amount of chaos, you're like, fuck this. Yeah. I don't have time. When you're in your 20s, you just you don't know you, any better. You might think that chaos is part of being in a relationship. You might think that that is love. But yes. this is also, this goes into like nurture versus nature, right? So like it depends also on like on your background and like your experience prior to, because like there are people who like, I mean, with my kid, I don't sugarcoat anything. Mm -hmm. I talk to her literally about fucking everything. Mm -hmm. And when things happen and things occur and there's trauma, like I, I mean, obviously like age appropriate conversations, mm -hmm. but like I talk to her and things that she's witnessed, I've had to explain those things to her. Like this is exactly how you don't treat someone. Yeah. This is exactly what you don't accept from someone. And so like, I was never taught that, right? Like I was given the exact opposite. Like mm -hmm. this is like, you're gonna take this, you're gonna fuck can take this beating. And so you're that's gonna, what you did. And this is exactly what I did. Yeah. And so I think a lot of it, like nature versus nurture, right? Like how were you raised? How did you grow up? What were you taught was okay? Like it's not black and white, right? So like we got to live somewhere in the gray where we're like willing to like acknowledge fucking societal, I mean, shit, pressure. Norms, norm, yeah. yeah, well, not, no, not norm, but like how, like how we fuck it. This, I'm all, this is not normal. Yeah. <laughs> but like how we grew up and then like, and breaking the cycle. And like, what do you do to break that cycle? Like, I think it's like- It's gonna you, be different for everybody. And if you look at like, for, so like you take my sister for an example. So she and I were raised in the same exact household. We're five years apart. We grew up and endured the same exact level of abuse. Probably her a little bit more so because she was older, right? But like everything ranging from sexual to physical, mental, right? And she grew up and is like an extreme fucking alcoholic in like severe domestic violence relationships over and over and over again. And she accepts that. Whereas like I did that and was like, oh yeah, no, fuck this, right? So how do you take two people who grew up in the same exact house? So I think a lot of it is a mental game, right? It's like a head, it's a headspace. It's a place like you have to outsmart your fucking brain. But Tasia, you didn't necessarily do that. What do you mean? I mean, you've been through your own domestic violence situation too. Right, but she ended it. But I, but I chose right, to end it. Right, but you chose to end it at the time you chose to end it, which just hasn't happened for your sister yet. That could be your, like... Your bottom. Since your bottom could have been completely different than your sister's. Mm -hmm. Like, what you've, where you finally drew the line, your sister, it might, her bottom might be lower. Yeah. You know? Because, like... like I think that's what really a lot of it is, is because you finally get to that point where you're like, okay, this... This, I am broken now from this, you know? And I think that one of the differences between you and your sister is that she is an alcoholic. And I don't know if you ever were. I mean, I've seen you drink a lot. But you aren't using that to cope with whatever you're dealing with. 
And so she is. And so because she's continuing to use that, she's not dealing with whatever it is she's dealing with. So I think that's exactly you just fucking hit the nail on the head. I know. I I think it's like I think it's dealing like really like owning your shit, taking responsibility for what you accept, what you will and will not tolerate, who you will and will not have in your life and being Mm -hmm. like willing to clean house and have boundaries. And I think that a lot of that does come from experience. Like you don't know what you're willing to accept until you do it. The reality is that applies to everything, not just like romantic relationships, friendships, parental. Like we were just talking about it while we were having pizza. Like if you have toxic people in your life and you're scared to get rid of them for whatever reason, whether they're the only people in your life and you don't want to be lonely or that's all you've ever known is these people, your life isn't going to get better as long as you have poison around you. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that concludes our podcast. Yeah. Okay. Let's do five takeaways. So number one for red that's flag, a lot of takeaways. No, no, no. We're each going to do, we'll just throw it around. We'll each do one. So I'll start off. Number one, for red flags, listen to your friends, listen to your family who are who are telling you, hey, these are warning signs, and listen to your own gut about what you deserve. And I'm going to piggyback off of that. It's also okay not to have that black and white thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I have to have the answer right now. But it's also okay not to have an answer. Like, just to sit with the reality. Like, just kind of look at everything from a different, like, aerial viewpoint. And like, okay, I'm just going to observe and it's okay that I don't have any answers and I don't know what to do mm-hmm. right now. Like, that's okay. Yes. If you see a behavior that you've once experienced before and put up with that didn't make you happy, then you just got to end it at that point. You are not going to be able to change another person. No, you cannot change. No, I like that. Honestly, I just think that, like, the most important thing is that you identify what your values are. And if you can identify what those are and make that clear to yourself, the rest will come easily. If you find people in your life that don't share those values then you'll know that they don't align with what you're, I mean, it's just all about vibrating, right? So like if I value, you know, punctuality and I'm surrounding myself with people who don't know how to be on time, how's that going to make me feel Mm. irritated all the time, all the time. Right. And so if I find people that align with my value system, then I'm going to vibrate better. And so you get rid of your toxic people that way. Are you also going to vibrate when you do that sounding? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Tasia, end it for us. I love that because I think that as I've become less focused on like how many people I have in my life, but actually, and I know this is cliche, but it's so true. The quality of people I have in my life really limits the amount of shit Mm -hmm. that is allowed in my life Mm -hmm. because it's, I'm so tightly knit and I'm so, so, so I'm so tight. (laughs) I'm so like focused on like quality that like when somebody does come in, it kind of throws everything off. Like somebody who's negative or doesn't fit with my, like my core beliefs or values or how I view, you know, like what I will and will not accept. It's, it's like, Oh, hold on. Like this is shaking my entire foundation. So at that point it's like, it's not even fucking worth it. So you really have to get to that point where you feel super confident in who you are and what you, which takes time. And with any luck, our podcast and our experiences here can help you guys get to that point. Cause life's a mess. Heck yeah. Life is a mess. All right. Thank you for listening. We will catch you next time on out to adult. Whoop, whoop. Bye everybody. We've laughed. We've cried. Mm-hmm. We've given our advice. We've given advice. Now go forth 
and live with pride. Yeah, live with pride. Yeah. Ow, to a dog.